So we are ready to Yom Tov. We are ready to continue with the laws of the Shlomim. As I explained already, that in this week's parsha, we're going through additional laws in each of the four categories of of the kind, the genres of offerings brought in the temple. And today we're going to discuss the Shlomim, the peace offering, and we're going to give much more detail than we gave last week when it was mentioned. So first of all, as we explained. The carbon shlomim, generally speaking, is a voluntary offering. It was in the category of voluntary. However, I'm now going to quantify that or, or, or limit that and say that there are times when the shlomim is obligatory. And we're going to get now into the different scenarios. So before I even <clears throat> before you even get into the actual the, the flow of how the Torah says it, let me just give you a breakdown of the different kinds of shlomim offerings that could exist. Generally, shlomim means it's called a peace offering, shalom with the word peace, right, shalom. Why is it called a peace offering? Because through bringing this offering, you make peace between God and the world, and God brings peace into the world. Through the offering of these offerings to Hashem, it brings peace into the world. In addition, everyone gets part of this offering. The fats of the offering are burnt on the altar, the, uh, the, the chest the, and the thigh, the right thigh and the breast is given to the koanim, including one challah, we'll talk about one challah of each of the four kinds, and then the um, the rest is eaten by the owners. So everyone is eating from this offering, and therefore everyone, this creates a sense of shalom and peace in the world. So generally, a carbon shalom was, you felt inspired to bring a donation to the temple, you wanted to be closer to Hashem, you bought an offering. You didn't need to have a reason or a justification for bringing the offering. In fact, during the times of the Mishkan, when the Jewish people lived close to the Mishkan, everyone was in close proximity, you were not allowed to eat meat unless it was part of a shlamim. Meaning, in, in tabernacle times, when the Jews were close to the Mishkan, they all lived in the desert together. They weren't scattered in cities all across Israel. If you wanted to have a good barbecue, you had to bring a peace offering to the, to the temple, to the Mishkan, you waved it to discuss the whole process. Part of it was given to the Kohanim, etc. The fats were burnt, and then the rest was yours to party and to have a good time. That was the only way you ate meat. Once the Jews came to Israel and became too hard to do that, that was taken away, and as long as you slaughtered the animal properly, you could eat it wherever you wanted. The Torah tells us this later in the book of Tvarim, but the concept of bringing a shalom as a peace offering remains as whatever you want. In addition to that, there are times when we have to bring a carbon shalom. So first obligatory time is Shalmei Chagiga. The Chagiga offering is an offering that was brought on the holidays. So when you came to the Beis HaMikdash during the holidays, Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot, besides bringing the carbon Pesach, for example, you had to bring a holiday offering called Chagiga, from the word Chag, a celebratory offering, which is what you would eat. You had a mitzvah to eat food in Yerushalayim, to celebrate in Yerushalayim, so the meat that you would eat in Yerushalayim wasn't just a regular barbecue, it was the meat of the, of the, of the peace offering that you were brought to the temple, the Chagiga offering. In addition, if a person did not have enough meat for his entire family, let's say they had a big family that came with them and they bought a Chagiga and it wasn't enough, they bought Shalmei Simcha, which is additional Shlomim offerings, not the obligation of Chagiga, but they bought more. Again, so the only point is anything that they ate in the temple, in, the, in Jerusalem at that time, was either from the carbon Chagiga or from the Shalmei Simcha. They're all peace offerings that are being eaten by the owners in the city of Yerushalayim. 
Now, in addition to the convert, when the convert goes through his conversion process, he brings the carbon shlamim. Those are, those are the regular shlamim. Then you have, addition to that, you have the shlamim that was bought as part of the Bikurim on Shavuos. This is already more of a communal offering. When you brought the Shavuos offerings, there was with the lechem toida, the, the, the loaves that were brought. First of all, people will bring Bikurim on the horns. I should have said this first. On the horns of a bull. They would decorate. It says they would decorate the bull with all different flowers on it. And they would bring the basket of the first fruits on the bull. That bull would also be offered as a peace offering. But there was an obligatory communal offering that was brought then. And then there's two other peace offerings that have a higher degree of sanctity than everything I mentioned till now. What are those? Number one is the carbon taida. The carbon taida is a Thanksgiving offering. A Thanksgiving offering is not just, I feel God did a kindness to me and I want to give thanks. There was four times, when four scenarios rather, when a person had a mitzvah to give thanks to Hashem. These four times when a person had a mitzvah to give thanks to Hashem, was if he had gone to the ocean, meaning on a ship, like he went swimming on the beach. He went on a cross a transatlantic voyage. He crossed the ocean, which in ancient times was very dangerous. A lot of storms and all that. Number two is if he crossed through a desert. Number three, if a chayla, sick person, was very ill at the point of death, where they were in a very life, in a critical situation, and they healed and their life was saved, they bring this Thanksgiving offering. And number four, a person who was imprisoned and now was freed from his imprisonment. Today, very good, correct. Today, when we say the Birchat HaGomel, this is the same four scenarios in that we don't have all the prayers today are in the place of the offerings. The HaGomel blessing is in the place of the Toda offering. So this is not an obligation per se, but it's a mitzvah. There's a difference, but it's an obligation. We have an obligation to do, but then this is not an obligation, but it's a mitzvah upon the person that when he was in one of these four scenarios, it's not just I'm voluntarily choosing to go give a Thanksgiving offering to Hashem, I have a mitzvah to bring a thanksgiving offering to Hashem to express my appreciation and my gratitude for the fact that my life, I was in the desert, you know, or I crossed the ocean and I came out safe at the other end of the side. Today, when a, today, the question was, how do women say agomel? They can still say it from the other side of the mechitza when there's a minion there. Many women have the custom to do it after they have a child. That's considered a life-threatening situation. And they just come to shul and they say it. They would have ladies here shul say it and the men answer. Okay. The second more holy and therefore more strict kind of shlamim offering is that of a nazir. So a nazir, a nazirite, we're not going to throw the laws of a nazirite now, but basically made a vow to Hashem not to drink wine, not to have grave, not to comb his hair and take haircuts and not to come in contact with impurity for X amount of time. Let's say a year. Year goes by, he's finished his whole Nazarite period. Now there's a whole bunch of offerings he needs to bring in the temple, including a carbon shlamim. In these two scenarios, the carbon shlamim of the Nazarite and of the person who's in one of these four life-threatening situations where his life was saved, he's bringing a carbon toy, a Thanksgiving offering. There's two unique laws that we're going to learn now that are different than regular shlamim, which is number one. A regular peace offering, because it was of a lower level sanctity, called Kotche Kalim, and it was allowed to be eaten anywhere in Yerushalayim by anyone that was in a state of purity, including men, women, children, slaves of the owner, etc., friends even, 
Anyone that you wanted to share it with, you could share this offering with. You were allowed to eat it for two days, two days and one night. So normally, as we already learned, by holier level sacrifices, how long do you have sin offerings? How long do they have to eat the offering, the priests? One day and that night. Has to be finished before the next morning. Whatever is left over till the morning is considered nicer. Leftovers. And you cannot eat anymore. As we learned, it has to be burnt. It cannot be used. However, by a regular shlamim, a regular peace offering, we're going to learn now in this aliyah, you actually have two days to eat it. It's more lenient. So you don't have to finish it that night. You still have till the next day. But it has to be finished before sundown of the next day. So, for example, today is a Wednesday. We bring the offering this morning, Wednesday morning. We don't have to finish it by dawn of Thursday. We have until sunset of Thursday. So we have a whole other day that we can have a, more time to eat the animal. That's number one. Number two is that in addition to bringing the actual cow or whatever it was as, an, uh, as a peace offering, you also had to bring 40 loaves of chalas or matzahs. Four different kinds. 30 were matzah, 10 were chametz. We'll discuss that in a minute. The point is by by a um, by a by a uh, by a by a by a toda offering you brought forty, and the nazir brought twenty. You bought twenty, okay. But the point is that by a regular peace offering they just bought the animal. There was no bread involved, and by the carbon toda you have the additional forty matzis loaves that were brought. Got it? Okay, so that's what this aliyah. Uh, about the peace offering going to be teaching us. In short, we already got the basic idea. I'm just going to go through now the process. So you have this person that wants to come bring his shlomim offering to Hashem. What's the process of doing it? So he comes, he brings the animal, and it has to be from his own, from his own thing. He does smicha. He does his putting his hand on the head of the animal, where he makes, in this case not a confession, but he expresses his gratitude to Hashem for whatever it is. Then they shech, they slaughter the animal, stage number two. By law, the peace offering can be slaughtered anywhere. It does not have to be slaughtered by a Kohen. It does not have to be inside the, inside the courtyard of the Mishkan. The custom became to slaughter it on the north side of the altar, just like all the other offerings, not to get things confused. People make a mistake with another offering. But by law, it didn't need to be slaughtered on the north side of the altar. It had to be shafted. Then they would cut it up into pieces, and the fats were brought to the Karbon, to, to the, to the Mizbeah. What were the fats? Very quickly, we already learned this before. There was the final list. There was the kidney and the liver and the fat on top of the kidney and the fat of the stomach and the flank and the diaphragm. Seven fats. If it was a sheep or a goat, you added on the tail, so it was eight. Whatever the fats were. They would do what's called a wave offering, a tnufa in Hebrew, a wave offering of this to Hashem. So this is where it gets unique also by the shlomim. This is by all peace offerings, whether the higher level or lower level. Where basically the Kohen comes and he puts his hand underneath the hand of the owner of the offering. And in this offering, there's a whole pile of stuff. First, on the very bottom, is the breast of the animal, which is going to be given to the Kohenim to eat. Now, the Kohenim also received the right thigh from the knee up to the where it attached to the bottom. That was not part of the waving. So on the bottom is the, the, the thigh. The, the breast, I'm sorry. Then on top of that, you have all of these fats that are going to be offered up on the Mizbeach, the kidneys and all that. One of each of the four lechems are put on the pile. So you're holding the fats, 
the the, the breast of the animal, the um, the, the the one of each of the four kinds of chalas or matzahs, and you wave it before Hashem. I'll just say it already now. What are the four kinds of chalas that were brought? So there was three, as I said, were made out of uh, matzah. They were, and one was flour that became just flour and water that was allowed to rise and become into a proper challah, into chametz. The other three was um, called a um, chalas, rikikin, and revucha. I'll find it in the English description of what they were again. Um, the ten were regular loaves of unleavened bread, which was basically just regular matzah made in a pan. Ten were scalded loaves where they boiled the uh, the dough first and then they fried it. And ten were flat unleavened cakes, so they first boiled it and then they put it into the revich and was a flat like crackers. Okay, so you have those thirty, 30 ten of each plus ten of regular. Those all those thirty all had oil and frankincense mixed in. The challah did not have anything mixed in; it was just flour and water. So you have these four breads on top, and the koyin with his hands on the bottom waves it in all directions: east, north, you know, east, west, south, north, up and down, all directions. And then after that, it was given to a different koyin to be brought up onto the fire of the mizbeach, which they burnt the fats on the mizbeach. One of each of the chalas, I mean four chalas, and the right leg and the breast was eaten by the priests, and then the rest was eaten by the by the kohenim. So after they slaughtered the animal, they had to receive the blood of the animal. They had to bring it to the mizbeach, like every other offering. They would, sprink, they would uh, sprinkle blood on the southwest corner and on the northeast corner. Different than the uh, northeast, southwest corner. And then the rest was poured by the southern base of the altar. In addition, the chalas, the 40 chalas that we're talking about, had to be prepared before the animal, the blood was sprinkled on the altar. The sprinkling of the blood is what makes the animal like offer. So when they would wave, the, when they would the waving, they had it was done after they sprinkled the blood. We're going to talk about that had to be already prepared the the bread to be muktash to be sanctified together with the offering had to already be prepared before the sprinkling of the blood. Okay, and again, if it was a toad, it had to be eaten that same day and that same night. Could not be left over until. The morning, everyone else was allowed to eat it wherever they wanted. In addition to that, they also had the pouring of the nesachim, of the wine libation that was poured together on the carbon shlamim, on the altar, together like all the other offerings, the pouring of the wine. And that is the story of the peace offering. Got it?